Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us. We're that people dashboard company that's helping all of you HR and people operations leaders out there to stay away from the manual, time-consuming, and tedious process of HR reporting and spreadsheets. That's right. We know every time you're ready to learn more about your workforce and get all the data across your employee lifecycle, you're pulling data from all these different systems, your HRIS, ATS, engagement, performance, etc. And we know that you wish that it was a better way. Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle, a people dashboard that has pre-built connectors to all the most popular HR systems you're using. Systems like ADP, Paylocity, Bamboo HR, Namely, Zenefits, Greenhouse, Reflective, 15.5, Lattice, you name it. You simply connect your systems, you automatically pull in all your data and metrics so you can view, share, track, and analyze all your people data from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com to check us out and get a demo so you can learn how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Everett Marshall. He's the Director of People, Performance, and Culture at the Center for Organizational Excellence. And today we're going to discuss how COVID can highlight your workforce blind spots. Everett, welcome to the podcast. Everett, welcome! Hey, thank you, Bruce. Really happy to have been invited and happy to be chatting with you this morning. Oh, good. Thank you so much for spending time with us. So, Everett, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Ah, um, yeah. So, you know, when I, I, I originally started my career in the Navy, I was a, a Navy surface warfare officer. But when I left the Navy and went into the private sector, I began to work more in the recruiting and staffing world. So I was doing a lot of talent acquisition work, um, some technical recruiting, some executive recruiting. So always kind of operating in and around HR organizations. Um, then over the course of time, my career took me more into the organization development arena. So I became more of a change management practitioner, but again, still being very, very aligned with HR. Um, and it wasn't until I was uh, here at COE as a lead consultant, um, and COE is the Center for Organizational Excellence, um, where I was a client-facing consultant, but then my client-facing work went away. And it's sometimes not good to be a billable client-facing consultant at a consulting firm with no work. Uh, no billable clients. But it just so happened that around that time, our director of HR was leaving the company. And I said, you know, I've been operating in and around HR for so long. I think I've picked up a lot. So I can, I think I can take on that role. And that's how I came to, to be in, in my current position uh, with the Center for Organizational Excellence, where my title is the director of people, performance and culture. But, you know, that was just my, my spin on how I thought I could show up as a director of human resources. Awesome. And so today we're talking about COVID highlighting workforce blind spots. Now that we're 
at the end of February in 2021. Can you just give us a quick glimpse into how you help your organization navigate through COVID and all of the challenges that 2020 brought? Yeah, so, you know, of course it was unprecedented for just about you know, all of us, you know, it was, it was completely new territory. So here we are in February and in about a month, it will be a full year of operating in this pandemic environment. Um, so around mid-March of 2020, our company went completely virtual. So instead of having our teams, which had been very accustomed to being very, you know, kind of close-knit and collaborative and being able to have a lot of close interaction with one another, whether it was on client sites we're at our corporate headquarters. Now we were all dispersed and, and hunkered down in our own homes. So, you know, immediately it presented that challenge of how do you now maintain the employee levels of employee engagement, the, um, the caliber of employee engagement that you had been accustomed to in this completely new environment. So that was one of our first challenges is how to make sure that we were staying connected with staff, that we were staying attuned with what the staff was, our staff was going through and how we were helping our staff to collaborate with one another. Um, so we were fortunate in that we had already had a really robust telework practice. Um, and so we had been putting a lot of emphasis on remote collaboration tools, um, tools that could support virtual brainstorming. So when we made the transition to being completely virtual, we were able to really adopt it very quickly and not miss a beat. But that was nice in the early months, you know, to begin to get over that initial shock over the pandemic. But I think we started to see as the year, you know, as the months, you know, kind of, of, of stacked up on themselves and the, the year unfolded, even having effective tools and processes for remote collaboration, for, for virtual co collaboration, does not replicate some of that interpersonal uh, interaction, those interpersonal dynamics you get from being in close proximity and, and physical connection. So our challenge in many respects from an employee engagement perspective is trying to figure out as many ways as possible to replicate that experience without having that experience be something that we can actually take part in. And what were some of those things that you actually put in place for your workforce to feel that sense of community and engagement with your organization? Yeah, so first... We tried, you know, some of the, I think the tools that a lot of people have, have, have adopted and are probably still in place in, in many organizations. You know, the, the virtual happy hours, um, and, and things of that sort, you know, trying to find ways to, um, have more opportunities to interact with one another, even if it was over a video, uh, a video conference tool or platform. And what we started to find was that even that, doing a virtual happy hour, at a certain point, that started to be a little bit of a, of a, of a challenge for us because it almost, you know, it almost highlighted what we were missing. You know, we had folks saying, you know, sometimes these virtual hours, virtual happy hours make me feel even worse, you know, in terms of missing personal interaction where we had hoped to be able to reverse that. So what we tried to do is find more ways to have uh, 
impromptu interactions where employees could kind of replicate almost that hallway conversation or water cooler conversation. So it didn't have, you know, that same look and feel of a planned virtual happy hour. So we created what we called a virtual hallway. And the virtual hallway was a video conference channel that was set up and always on. And we encourage staff, you know, if you have some time in between a meeting that you've just participated in or, you know, you, you need to like stretch your legs or, you know, take your eyes off that report that you were working on, click into the virtual hallway and maybe there'll be someone there that you can, you know, that's also doing that same thing and you can start up a, a conversation with them. And we found that that for the folks that were able to do that, it added an element of, you know, that unplanned impromptu interaction that we know can sometimes spark, you know, different avenues for, you know, discussion and, you know, engagement. And it's in a different way than something that was planned. So we tried to find ways to to do things that replicated the in-person experience, whether it was that virtual hallway that I mentioned. We tried to add much more of an experiential or a activity-based um a dynamic to some of the the virtual engagement efforts that we did so that teams could come to, together around a certain challenge like we've done a, a some trivia contest right where you could have some small group activity but then large group connection as well but it, it provided more of those opportunities for uh, direct interaction which I think is what people were missing in that virtual environment from an engagement perspective got it sounded like your team was having fun so I hear that I totally understand how everyone had blind spots based off of the change that needs to happen based off of the challenges going on and people needed to stay in and work remote. But I'm curious, were there any areas in the workforce that you realized there were blind spots that you had and you and COVID was able to help you identify blind spots that you had pre-COVID? Sure. You know, I think one of the first kind of HR functions that we that were that was that were impacted by being in this new pandemic environment was onboarding. And at COE, we've always prided ourselves on having a very strong onboarding experience for employees, which was really designed to help them with their entry into the company getting and uh, adopting our culture and getting connected with the way we do business and some of our staff. And I think one of our blind spots we found is as we try to now replicate that in the virtual environment, we have been relying so much on some of the, the uh, kind of in-person storytelling that could go on as we were introducing new staff that when you're trying to do hours of that, you know, during an onboarding experience, it's hard for an employee to absorb that. So some of the other artifacts that we had not really developed super well uh, for being able to share information about the company was, you know, a bit of a deficit for us. You know, so um, we had to figure out ways to, in this virtual environment, start to um, be better at providing materials for employees that they could access uh, via some of our remote collaboration tools or our, our web-based platforms to help augment some of the things that they would have been personally guided through, you know, by an individual 
during their onboarding experience. So we had to kind of quickly pivot and develop a better way to frame it and structure it that hadn't been visible to us before since we had been able to rely so much on, you know, that personal touch that was a little bit lacking in the virtual environment. And what did that end up become? Did that turn out to be videos? Was it a PowerPoint presentation? Was it some type of deck? What did you actually put together to to make that work? Yeah, what we started to leverage is a tool called Microsoft Planner. Um, So we use an Office 365 uh, environment for a lot of our things like OneDrive and Microsoft Teams. Um, And Microsoft Planner, it's kind of like a project management tool, but we repurposed it to represent a virtual like onboarding uh, playbook, if you will. So when an employee came on board on their first day and we're getting them all their technology tools, their laptop, getting them oriented to our environment, we were able to put together this Microsoft Planner tool that was able to now pull in elements from all different parts of of, um, our portfolio that we wanted to expose someone to in onboarding. So they were able to use this Planner tool as a way to see all of their tasking, because you can set it up in different, they call it buckets, but a bucket might be things like HR policy or um, um, COE values and culture, or it might be individual training assignments that we might have them do, you know, things that might relate to, you know, cybersecurity or creating a a harassment-free workplace, you know, online training. So it then was a place to collect a combination of many of the things that you just mentioned, Bruce. So it was a way to collect videos and tutorials in one place that an employee could now kind of go through on their own and and check off. It was a way to connect them to different places in our SharePoint environment that were information resources. It was a way to connect them to certain documents that we were able to set up. And the benefit to us of doing it this way is that now I, in my role of trying to make sure that we were shepherding a new employee through this process, I could be interacting with them through the same Microsoft Planner tool. And so it gave you this wonderful dashboard to be able to say, on day two, the uh, the new hire had accomplished 15 of their 40 onboarding tasks that we had set up in, in different Um, different areas. And so that could give me a sense of their progress when I wasn't there seeing it firsthand. It gave them a sense of how much they were accomplishing and how much they had to go. And it gave us a nice virtual platform where we could tie everyone into being able to contribute and, and help support a new hire through that onboarding experience, again, in a virtual environment. Were there any areas where your individual contributors or the employees actually came to you, their HR team or their managers and said, now that COVID, now that we're actually going through COVID, we actually see that some of the things that we thought was a problem actually is even, is an even bigger problem than we thought. Did any of that bubble up and surface from the employees or was it mostly from the management and HR looking top down to look at these processes and then figure out where did you have blind spots? Yeah, for us, our approach to try to get a sense of what the real impact 
um, of the pandemic was on the workforce was really to try and engage the whole system. So we didn't try and just approach it from either a leadership team perspective or an HR team perspective. We wanted to make sure we were getting the insight and perspective of all of our staff. So we launched a series of internal surveys um, that were designed to help us accomplish that. And this went out to our entire workforce. We have the benefit of being a relatively small firm. Um, so it's not, uh, you know, it's a little bit easier for me to, to get in, into, uh, to get connected with our, our workforce. Um, so by doing this survey that we sent out to all staff, we covered areas, um, around their work experience, so things like their ability to be productive, their ability to maintain uh, engagement and collaboration with their teams, their ability to maintain connectivity and engagement with their clients, which is very important. But we also added in things around uh, well-being, you know, their sense of their ability to maintain um, emotional well-being and physical well-being and financial well-being, you know, because we know that there were some of those stressors for folks during the pandemic and an overall sense of happiness. And then we solicited from them specific, um, a specific open-ended question about what they saw as some of the challenges that they were facing and some of the opportunities that we could try and, and take advantage of. And so we did that in a way where we could get longitudinal data. So about every Three months or so, we tried to run this survey, the same questions, to get a sense of what how we were trending. Um, and so that gave us a lot of very rich data about some of the things that employees were experiencing um, that were the deficits of being in the pandemic environment. And the ones that really kind of surfaced, and each time we ran the survey and began to, to analyze the data, um, a lot of it related to their ability to engage their client which I think is a, a stressor that many organizations have now faced, um, you know, because now not only are we operating virtually, our clients are operating virtually. And, you know, I think especially when you're in a consultative type of a, of a practice, that ability to maintain good um, connectivity with your clients and be really engaged with them is paramount. So that is one thing that came up a lot in the survey. So we tried to figure out how we could begin to, to brainstorm ways to address that. And then the other thing that came up is something that we've, we've chatted about a little bit already on this, in this, in, in this session, which is, you know, how do we get the benefit of, of, and replicate some of the, um, interpersonal um, uh, dynamics that we have been able to have when we were able to be together in person, how do we get some of that back? Those impromptu interactions that were just opportunities for employees to connect with one another. Um, so those were the two things that came up constantly in the surveys. And I think it's an ongoing struggle and an ongoing challenge for how you address that because it's there's no one magic bullet that's going to solve that. Last question for you here. In 60 seconds or less, for all the people that are listening out there who are in the HR people ops profession, can you give them you know, a summarized journey or framework, if you will, of how they should go about figuring out from a proactive standpoint if they actually have blind spots in their workforce specifically around COVID? Yeah. So, I mean, succinctly, I would start off by um, saying engage the wisdom of the crowd. I, I think um, for many, as, many of us in HR, where we're in, invested in the complete 
talent lifecycle. We hopefully are very confident that we're bringing on board very talented uh, people who are able to really help solve the challenges of the organization, um, at, no matter what level they might be at, whether it's the most you know new junior employee to more seasoned professionals that you're bringing on. So you want to make sure that you're honoring that you know that that dynamic that you're 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 trying to create in terms of you know being able to leverage all of their talents by engaging them in identifying some of the the potential solutions to whatever you might be facing so engage the wisdom of the crowd is definitely one thing that I would I would stress so effective listening but then um, also making sure that you are putting mechanisms in place to then try and actually address those challenges so it's not just a constant tell me tell me tell me what's happening but you're also then taking that same group and helping them be part of the solution and getting them involved with um, actually putting some new things in practice that can help your organization address some of those those gaps that you might be seeing everett thanks so much for being such an awesome podcast guest and for sharing your thoughts wisdom and knowledge about such an important topic thanks so much for being on the interview My pleasure. Thank you, Bruce. It's been fun chatting with you. Awesome. So where can people find you and your organization online? Sure. So um, our, our company is called the Center for Organizational Excellence, and we're a consulting firm that really focuses on helping our clients perform their missions better. You know, so um, we really do look for ways that we can help solve the challenges that our clients are facing. And our website is www.center, the number four OE, so center for OE.com. And my profile is on there. So, you know, you can definitely find a way to connect with me uh, via our website. And I'm always happy to chat with, uh, you know, our fellow HR professionals and practitioners out there, um, you know, and just be a part of our, our HR community. So I'm, I'm really happy to have had a chance to, to do that with you this morning, Bruce. Awesome. And thanks again. And we'll be sure to include all of that information in the show notes. So everyone listening out there, if you enjoyed this episode as much as Everett and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, if this is your very first time listening to one of our podcasts and now you're hungry for more episodes, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast players. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.